Hello and welcome to this Expert Insights CD. I'm Donna Hansen. Our Expert Insights CD series is designed to give professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and achievement both in business and personally. We know that these days it's often hard to find time to step outside your world and explore what's happening in other organisations. Our Expert Insights CDs are designed to provide you with concise information on topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximises your time and keeps you up to date with current trends. In this Expert Insights CD, we speak with Elizabeth McCormick, former Black Hawk helicopter pilot, who is going to share with us how to pilot your way to productivity. Before we speak to Elizabeth, let me tell you a little bit about her. Elizabeth truly shattered the glass ceiling in the military when she became an Army Black Hawk pilot. Elizabeth has flown a range of missions and supported the UN peacekeeping operations in Kosovo, receiving the, and I'm not very good with words like this, Meritorious Service Medal for Excellence in Service, and in 2011 was awarded the Congressional Veteran Commendation. Since retiring from the military, Elizabeth has a corporate career as a global contract negotiator and motivational speaker. Today, she's going to share with us her experiences as a pilot and the actionable lessons that are part of her pilot method to help you lead your life, team, and increase your productivity and soar to success. Welcome, Elizabeth. So glad to be here. Thank you, Donna. Look, probably like all of our listeners, I'm curious just how did you become a Black Hawk pilot? Well, it's it's kind of a funny story that I share in my speeches too. So I was an unemployed military wife with five years of college, almost three college degrees. Wow. And because, because of where we were stationed in the military for the U.S. military, um, it was kind of, there wasn't anything there. So I couldn't get a job. Oh, I, was wow. unemplo- I was unemployed. I was overqualified. They didn't want to hire someone from the military that's going to move in two years when they could hire someone local that's going to stay. So I was miserable. Oh, so, so you just sort of did it because you were looking for, for work, for something to do? Well, it started off that I looked at, um, I call him the starter husband in my speeches. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked at him and I thought if he could be in the army, wait, why can't I? Mm. I, I really got this like big case of um, if he could do it, I could do it too. And with that, um, I wanted a cooler job. I wanted, he was a medic. I didn't want to do that. And I wanted the coolest job. I was 23 years old and had all this college. I, of course, I wanted to do something very cool. And I had no idea what was cool or what to do. And did any of that relate to your college degrees? So my degree is in art. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I can see how that could be advantageous for a Black Hawk pilot. <laughs> but actually, my minor—I have a degree in art with a minor in mathematics, almost oh. a double ma- double major. I just didn't want to go to school for a sixth year to double major. Um, so I was only missing two courses, and they weren't offering those my last year. And then um, my 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 associate's degree is in engineering. So the engineering and the math really did help me. 
with some of this training and, and learning the aerodynamics and the systems I had to understand. Wow. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was planning on going to graduate school for architecture. Mm. And, um, but after, after five years of college and I thought, oh, I wanted to be closer to the starter husband, newly married, and um, didn't, you know, at 23. Three years old didn't make the right choices that I probably, looking back, would have made. Um, but when you're in that moment and you're in, you know, that na- naivety of youth, right? Yeah, so absolutely, we, absolutely. You know, we make those decisions and then we look back and go, "Wow!" But if I hadn't done that, then I wouldn't have become a helicopter pilot, and I wouldn't have done get to all do all the things I do now. So, you know, your your messes you make truly lead to a message later in your life. Wow, that's terrific. So when or how did you realize that your experiences in the military could be translated into corporate messages? Did you think about that before you left the military or was that only afterwards or were you reevaluating what you were going to do when you retired? So I was flying helicopters over in Kosovo and in Germany and when I was injured and so I knew I was getting out and it ended up being right before September 11th when the whole military scope changed Um, but I was injured so I knew I couldn't fly anymore that wasn't an option and when you don't fly you have other jobs in in the military so my job was logistics support and contract negotiation and inventory management and so I used those skills and got my first corporate job and then eight years and three companies later um, doing just that I was laid off from um, the last corporate job I had and it was right around that exact same time that I was getting laid off that I was turning down paid speaking engagements. Wow. Um, company Companies were calling me, youth groups, um, church groups, different gr- organizations were calling me to speak because they had found out I was a helicopter pilot and every time I went and spoke somewhere um, on my day off or a long lunch hour or an evening, I was asked to speak at three anywhere from three to six other new new engagements off each one. So my phone was literally ringing off the hook and I was turning it down because I worked a job and that's what I thought you did. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's it was a bit like the universe just smacking you over the back of the head and saying, how many messages do we have to give you before you go and do this yourself? It really did. So it was, it was an interesting thing getting laid off. Um, our CEO from Sweden came in and had a division-wide meeting, 250 people, and put a PowerPoint up. And the first slide was state of the economy. So it was January 2010. The second slide was you are all laid off. Oh, Terrific. Such <laughs> communication skills. And <laughs> Let I'm me sh- say, lesson, lesson number one, what not to do. I mean, people were screaming and crying and uh, reacting emotionally because it was done with such um, heartlessness Very clinical. about it. Very clinical. Um, and, and surely, you know, there's stories like that that uh, just have such relevance in our corporate world today. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, some of your messages can help organizations avoid those sorts of things. Yeah, I don't recommend that one. <laughs> so um, they came to me and they said, okay, we want you to um, negotiate us out of all those multi-million million dollar negotiations you'd put on contracts you had negotiated us into. So I, they gave me six months to negotiate us out of every single contract. 
And, um, but with if I stayed to the end and got the job done, I would receive this nice bonus plus my severance and which allowed me to then freely start speaking and translating, um, flying a helicopter into business. Wow. Wow, that's an amazing journey um, and, and it certainly puts things in context because a lot of people might struggle with, you know, the um, the link between uh, being a, a Black Hawk pilot and uh, corporate life, commercial life, but that that's a perfect segue really. Well, and what's really interesting, when I come to a stage and come to an event, I teach the audience how to fly. So let me just, I'll talk you through it, Donna, and for the listeners. So with your right hand, you're on the cyclic, which controls the pitch on the rotor blades, which controls the direction you have. And then your left hand, you're on the collective, which is your power. The more power you have, the more airspeed or altitude you have. And then when you pull more power, it moves your tail off to the side. So then with your feet, you're controlling a tail, to get your tail behind you because it's much more aerodynamic when it's behind you. So while you're doing all that, there's more. You also have the lower console between the seats of the navigation and and uh, communication equipment to tell you where to go and who to talk to. And then you've got four feet of instrument panel you're scanning to make sure you stay in your system limitations because even though you're in the air, there are speed limits. There's... <laughs> There are. There's just no. There's no signs. This so is, you. This is worse than trying to pat your head and rub your stomach at the same yes, time. Yes, it absolutely is. So you have to memorize all your system limitations and know them all by heart in an instant. And then while you're still doing that, you're scanning outside a window. You have a front window and a door window and a chin window down by your feet because if you lose an engine, that's where you're gonna go. <laughs> And you have to make sure you don't hit a tree or a power line or another aircraft because let me tell you, those are bad. Don't <laughs> hit those. Don't hit those. And at the same time, you're wearing a helmet and the helmet has a microphone and you're talking internally to your crew and externally to air traffic control. So wow. Definition think about multitasking. It is multitasking on steroids. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but here's the thing. It's just like our lives are now. Mm. It's just like your, you know, if you're listening to this, it's just like your business. We are constantly putting out fires and being inundated with information and that we have to process and we have to work through and then still be productive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Even that little piece just blows me away. So um, I know today we were going to talk about the pilot method, which is an acronym. So, so what is the pilot method? Wow, I guess I could tell you that. So, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so the pilot method is a it's um, a deeper dive workshop that I teach and that I wrote the book about. And so it stands for um, P is for about your potential. So potential is mainly focusing on belief in yourself and your abilities and the belief and of the potential of others because that's what leaders really do. And but it starts with how you show up in your confidence and confidence drives your competence and competence when you focus and and drive it just a little higher that leads to excellence. And that's what I believe we're really on is that mission of excellence. But it all starts with you and how you show up. So that's the potential. 
and so then just, I um, so just having having the right attitude to ensure that you're um, you know if you're leading a team that that feeds down to your downlines and and if you're um, you're not responsible to anybody you know it's what you make of it isn't it your potential if you choose to have a negative mindset around what you can do and achieve in a day in a week in a month in a year you're going to bring that to work and that's going to suppress your potential isn't it well, then not just yours, but those of everyone else around you, because yes. there's a there's a cumulative effect, and it compounds of how much everyone else around you, um, fe- we feed off each other, right? So there's a there's a really nasty little saying is that all it takes is one drop of spit to ruin the soup, a, a cauldron of soup, right? Because yep. do you want to eat it after someone's spitting it? No, 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 yep. <laughs> no. Yep. But that's all it takes. So if you take that into your culture of your workforce and your team and, and everything, it, it's the same way. It's, you know, so how do we not only show up in a better way, and I have some strategies that we can go deeper into a little bit later if there's time. And there's those strategies to be, to be more confident, but also how do you shift the attitude of someone else? And how do you not let their attitude in and affect you? Because we've all had that happen where we show up to work and we're in a great mood, but somebody else puts us and changes our mood throughout the day. Yeah, and we buy into that negativity and then everything goes downhill from there. Absolutely. And I believe we have to be, we're responsible for how we show up. And we're responsible to create an invisible suit of armor in our belief and, and in our confidence so that their negativity, you don't have to let it in. But that comes with equipping. So That comes with equipping themselves. So, so that's the pay for potential. <laughs> mm-hmm. Excellent. So what's so, the next one? So the next one is I for implementation mm-hmm. because it doesn't do any good to believe in your potential and what you can do with it if you don't do something with it. So that I is all about our favorite topic, productivity, and how you get more things done and be more effective. Mm. And um, what I find is that, first of all, we're not equipping, like our, our youth, we're not equipping them with the coping mechanisms to be able to handle their mood and, ha- and, and ch- change their mood when it goes in the wrong, wrong direction. So we, as leaders, we have to help empower our own employees and teach them some basic skills on how to do that. And uh, then on top of that, then that leads into when they are more confident, it shows up as competence Mm. and they, and they get more things done and they're more willing to share their opinion and their ideas that can make your company better when they feel more confident in their personal self. It just... It just permeates and affects everything else. And I think, too, to, to elaborate a little more on what you said there, with, particularly with the younger generation, they've only ever known this information-saturated world, and many of us have had the luxury of, of having have that come into our lives as we've experienced our, our careers, and we're still trying to cope with it, but we have the benefit of knowing those old tactics, if I suppose you could use that terminology. And, and it's about imparting some of that wisdom to, uh, to the new generation coming through and reminding ourselves of those things, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and here's the thing. This, this younger generation, we, you know, the millennials and those that are coming into the workforce right now, they're, even though they're inundated with technology and information, they are starving 
for mentorship. Absolutely. Absolutely. They they want to succeed. They want to know. They might not necessarily absorb all that information at one time or in the format we like to give it in. That's part of the thing. We, we have to meet in the middle and find a way to work with them so to better equip your team and your workforce because they have great ideas and are fluid in their thinking in a way in the way that those of us that are a little more seasoned, we'll say not old, are... <laughs> But it's all a matter of, of meeting in that middle so that we can get more done. And I, I find that most of these this younger generation, they really don't know how to prioritize because they're so attention-focused. They tend to look at the next thing and, oh, this email came in and they dropped something else that may or not be more urgent or more important. So in, in my book, The Pilot Method, I talk about implementation and how you have to really assess in your to-do list um, first of all, get it out of your head and then assess whether things are urgent or important or both. And the items that are both are the ones you do first. Wow. So so that's the O. And I know we're fast running out of time. I could talk for ages with you, Elizabeth. What, <laughs> what's the T? Well, the T is really fast, I promise. The T is being tenacious. So being tenacious. And when you have a dream, a vision, a goal, those outcomes of that project that you know are supposed to be, don't give up. You know, when um, when there's no doors being opened, you know, build a window, knock a wall, <laughs> you know, find, yeah. find a way and make a way. So that's all the T is about. The T is about, you know, really standing true to who you are and being willing to stand up and be that person who raises their hand in that courageousness and say, this isn't supposed to be this way. There's something wrong. We need to stop and relook at it. Wow. Okay. So P was for potential, I for implementation, L for leadership, O for optimize, and T for tenacity. That's it. That's how to pilot okay. your life. So, uh, Elizabeth, how can applying the pilot method increase our own, our team, or our organizational productivity? Well, when you pilot your life, it shows up in your business right? You show up at a higher level of performance to that, from that confidence to competence to excellence. And it all starts with you and your personal empowerment of how you show up in all those aspects. And as leaders, our team, the people on our team, they want to follow you. They want to follow you. They want good leadership. It is up to you to show up. And when you do that, they, they will want to do more for you and be there for you and your company in a way that it's, they just really want that. They, they don't, um, they want to be like us when you're, when you show up strong and powerful and physically fit and smart and on track with what you need to do because you're living in that mission of excellence. They want that too. And they will follow you. Mm. And I guess, too, um, it's like what we said before, people bring a negative mindset into the workplace and that permeating throughout the business. If you bring the, the opposite, a positive mindset, and you, you're piloting your own life, well, then you bring that and that emanates throughout your team and, and, and it becomes contagious, doesn't it? 
it absolutely becomes contagious. I wish the positivity was more contagious than the negativity. So you have to also be willing to be courageous in working with other people when they're not showing up that way and saying, hey, let's talk about this. How can we make this positive? What can we do to make it better? And going back to that can leadership, what can we do? And help Mm. them reframe negative into a positive way. So, Elizabeth, we're fast running out of time. Can you just summarise maybe a couple of key points that listeners can take from the pilot method and apply? What What are some things that you commonly share with your audiences? Well, I talk about being with the potential part, being in your belief zone. Be- mm-hmm. Because in a comfort zone, you get what you already got because you're going where you've already been. <laughs> so be in the belief zone believe in yourself your abilities your potential your future your career your company you have to believe in it first even when no one else believes because that's where I was as a pilot no one believed I could do it and I mm. had to question why not and ask with curiosity and forge my own way and you can do that too Wow. But that's some some great insights on the pilot method and how it can increase your productivity. I guess the first step starts with applying some of the things we've discussed to ourselves because we're leading by example, not only if we have um, people that we lead, but also as um, uh, an individual by displaying some of these characteristics. Like we said, it, it permeates. Absolutely, and you got to implement it. Doesn't do any implement. good. It doesn't do any good to believe in it if you don't do something with it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Elizabeth, I know the pilot method is a book, and I've read the book, listeners, and it's really, really great. If listeners want to get a copy of it, how or they want to learn more about your story because it's uh, it, it goes through your your story, your journey as a as a pilot. Where's the best place for them to go? So if you're looking for the book, it is available on audible.com as an audio book. And then it's um, as a Kindle on Amazon. And then if you want a physical copy, if you go to pilotmethod.com, I will autograph it and send it to you. Woohoo, woohoo. Mm-hmm. And listeners, um, for those in Australia, it is available uh, in the Amazon Kindle store in Australia too. And uh, yeah, certainly if we have anybody that's interested in, you know, maybe looking at uh, the pilot method as a, a methodology for their team, could they get bulk orders of the book? Absolutely. And I'd be happy to do a webinar and do a for a book study and um, do that remotely as well for any organization. So for bulk bulk orders or to bring me in virtually or in person, I'd love to come to Australia, go to pilotspeaker.com. Terrific. And because I know that you have been to Australia before, haven't you, Elizabeth? I have not. I actually have a... You haven't? I have a plane ticket for an event and they canceled. So I have a plane ticket already to go. This ticket will travel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, well, you know, you never know. You never know. So pilotspeaker.com is the best way for people to to get in contact with you if they're thinking to themselves, you know, we we love the sound of this story and and we'd like to find out more or get you involved in a a conference or even um, an um, in-house motivation event, anything like that. So that's, that's fantastic. Look, Elizabeth, thanks so much for your time today and for sharing how to pilot our way to product I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to be here. And thank you to all the listeners for being on the CD and, and, uh, or online if you are and checking it out. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this Expert Insights CD. For more information on our services, visit donnahanson.com.au or the three W's 
Prime Solutions with an S at the end.net.au. Until next time, this is Donna Hansen, technology strategist, helping you work smarter and not harder with technology. Bye for now.